0: The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast.
1: Betting Day. It's betting day. It's also Fantasy 201, continuation of our fantasy school two weeks of fantasy school before we dig back into team by team stuff it's Tuesday which means I got my illustrious co-host means I don't have to talk for the entire 40 minutes of the podcast that is that's the dream right there man Dan Baspris and at the orangest ball Neil Neil Rochelani I I'm sorry
0: It's, it's it's uh it's gonna get there at some point. It's gonna get there. I think the there. Twitter is just
1: gonna to go to the orangest. Did you ever <laughs> <laughs> the orange <laughs> Orange Julius Neal. That's the we're, that's where we're that's going. That's just at.
0: gonna be it, yeah.
1: Uh ball with Neil is the actual Twitter handle. Neil Rocheland. It is. What's up, man? What's the what's the haps? Happy Tuesday to you.
0: Hey, happy Tuesday. Uh oh God. So I just had a pressed juice. Is this a big thing in California?
1: What does that mean? So, that, me, well, listen, I'm a bad, I'm actually the wrong person to ask because when I see yes. a place that serves, you know, the 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 stuff that people make fun of L.A. for serving, yes. which is true, by the way, every restaurant out here does serve all of that stupid crap. Um yes. I locate the nearest McDonald's and eat there instead. Uh, how does one press a liquid?
0: I have no idea. Anyway, I went to, uh, I, I was meeting a friend and... Um, Spur of the moment, and uh, he was in my neighborhood, so I decided to go to like a little coffee shop down the street. I didn't want to have coffee, um, and so they had these cold pressed juices. And I was I was thinking, um, uh, this is what I do. This is what I would do if I was visiting you. I would just go to L.A. and hang out in coffee bars and drink cold pressed juices. <laughs> it was like kale, cucumber, other
1: oh, things. Oh God, there. kale! Yeah, nothing speeds up the intestinal system quite like <laughs> a nice chunk of kale. Ugh disgusting i'm sorry for those of you listening who like it it is gross if you want something green just eat a damn head of lettuce you know, we, don't need, we don't need to go to this like greener than green it's it's devastating man this is food meant for animals with much stronger digestive systems than humans i'm sure of it
0: seriously so i'm in trouble basically.
1: i don't know man maybe you are maybe you're built like iron in there a lot of people are i'm Hi. just not that lucky over here <laughs> <laughs> There, you should though, by the way. I think I've told this story on the podcast like two years ago. When I used to push Asher around on these long afternoon stroller rides, because he was young and he took multiple naps, and I didn't there was no preschool, and so I was I was just done by the afternoon. And so I could just kind of like glaze over and walk forward. And there's a coffee shop in my neighborhood. It's called Alfred's. I think it's a regional chain down here now. And every Thursday Uh, Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers was just sitting there drinking his coffee and nobody cared because it's Los Angeles and that's just what happens at coffee shops in LA Uh, but yeah if you want to come hang out you can chill with the the RHCP I know that uh, are are they still cool in any way probably not were they ever
0: oh well they were cool at one point weren't they
1: probably 90s
0: yeah like early like before they got popular I guess
1: yeah Pop being the key, the key portion of that phrase, I think. Uh, yes. So I don't, I don't know what that is. I yeah. still don't know what it is after you explained it to me. Someone will, someone will yell at me. Yeah, yeah, that. I have no idea.
0: Anyway, it's it's quite expensive. Um, yeah, yeah. You can... that's, that's one thing I learned about it. Um, you but, can... uh, no, it was. I didn't want to go coffee. I didn't want to go like an ice. I just didn't. I just felt like trying something different, so I tried one of these things. And it wasn't bad.
1: That is bad. a very LA thing to do, too. By the way, is to to. Perform some strange verb to a fruit or or vegetable, and then charge a ton of money for it, oh yeah, this is like this is uh you know this is a pressed piece of broccoli or this is a a mushed cauliflower i don't I don't know what these things i don't know what you're doing to this this is but it's it's gonna cost you nine ninety nine at the very <laughs> least. what other things can I do to my fruits and vegetables? I can chop them, I can curl them uh look at just look at the way it slices this uh, tomato
0: i'm sorry i took us on this direction that's okay it's
1: this is not yeah. it's not quite the fruit minute with ethan but <laughs> it's the it's the mushy vegetable hour with dan and neil uh we got we got uh season win totals the continuing saga we started letter d today we've got fantasy 201 lesson two we've got uh sponsors or one in particular, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. We're talking about about pressed juices, Neil. You'd be better off just getting a bag of the old HI Kona Coffee and cooling at a on a deck. Do you have a deck in your your apartment or home?
0: I do. I have a yeah. little, uh, a very small little patio. I guess we call it our deck.
1: Wouldn't yeah. you like to just uh, pull up a little lawn chair, have a little Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, look out on the deck?
0: Yeah, I've got a little lawn chair. I've
1: got a little uh, grill. There you go. And I, I I look out on to um a parking space. Ah uh, Lake so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The, the yeah. word the two words you were looking for there were Lake Michigan. Not parking <laughs> not parking space. No, no,
0: no, no. Um I'm not gonna make a joke. But yeah, there are rodents that run around in my alleyway
1: so. <laughs> it's fine <laughs> they're minding their own business they just got their stuff going on we <laughs> yeah. just wheeling and dealing man just wheeling yeah, and dealing exactly. uh we uh we're gonna start with with betting today by the way hawaiianisles.com is the website at HI Kona coffee on twitter Isles on amazon if you want to check it out over there the the stuff on the show of course this is fantasy nba today a hoop ball presentation dan vaspers neil rochelani Uh, At Ball with Neil, as I mentioned, is the correct Twitter handle. I'm at Dan Vesperis, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Welcome, by the way, to all of you finding us for the first time these last couple of weeks. Listenership back on the rise as we slowly ramp our way towards the start of the NBA season. Last week was all about draft time. This week, Fantasy 201 is about what you do after it. But we got money to win first, Neil. We left off with the Dallas Mavericks numbers. By the way, these season win totals—they're moving a lot, and the numbers that we're have they yeah, the numbers we're working off of now may no longer be fully accurate. And so, if that's the case, we're not trying to screw with anybody. Neil and I both did all of our numbers when it came out, which was like a week and a half, two weeks ago. Uh, So some of these have been bet into already. And if that's the case, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Again, we're not—we're not trying to psych anybody out. We're not trying to fool you. Uh if a number's moved, let us know. Hey man, you know the this whatever nuggets are now whatever it is, would you guys still bet the way you were going to bet? We might say yes, no, uh it's worth having a discussion. This is now merely a starting point on those teams where the number is shifted, but we're going to break it down. We're going to give some thoughts on six more teams today that seemed to work well last Tuesday. Uh one thing that I don't remember, Neil, did I did I give you the team did I make you go first, or did, did you go... I don't remember. It's so long. Seven days is so long.
0: No, I went first last time. So okay, does that mean...
1: Yeah, I guess yeah. that means I got to go. Okay, uh, yeah. Dallas Mavericks. You, you you tee it up, and then I'll go first. Get us started here.
0: Dallas Mavericks. Kristaps uh, Porzingis, the big addition on the offseason. They've also added DeLon Wright, Seth Curry, Bobon, and Isaiah Roby. <laughs> um, I don't know if that matters, but they did lose Trey Burke. Sala Mejri and Giannis' little brother. Thank you.
1: Thank you that that Ron Burgundy impression there. Sala, <laughs> Sala Mejri? Uh, what number did you yeah. have them at? I had their opener at 41 and a half.
0: I have their opener at 41 and a half. Um, so I went yeah, under honey. on this one.
1: I went under. Uh, and it, for me, it's load management. I don't think KP's playing more than 55 or 60 games this year. Uh, I like Luca. Obviously, he's going he's got a bright future in the NBA. I like Dwight Powell, but you know he's not he's not the difference making type. He's a nice complementary piece when their two uh studs are healthy and playing. But to me, there's a lot of openings on this team. I, I thought that Dallas did their best work last year when JJ Barea was healthy, and and I don't know if he's playing at all this year. I I don't. I'm not a big Tim Hardaway Jr. fan. He has big time efficiency issues. I just I don't see how this team gets to over five hundred with Porzingis not fully healthy and he's not gonna be. You know we've already we already heard he's not playing the entire season. So for me it's I'm looking at him like if he's not in there, they're not gonna be very good. When he's in there, they're gonna be decent. But the Western Conference is crazy loaded. It's hard to get to forty two wins out west. That, that number's too high for me.
0: Yeah, I'm the same way. I have at forty, so I have them just under. Um, I have a, thir- a 37 Pythagorean wins uh, last year, a little above the 33 actual wins, so I think they're a little bit better than what they showed um, last year. And I-, I agree with you that um, Porzingis not only is he not going to play the whole season, it's just there- there's just a little bit of risk of uh, how many games he does play because of his history. Um I do like their additions with DeLon Wright, Seth Curry in the backcourt. Uh, I just don't like their frontcourt that much without Porzingis. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a glaring hole. And yes, uh, it is. But it's not and, even I a mean, hole. I, think, I
0: honestly think they're gonna be very good when they're all when they're healthy and playing well. I love their coach. Um, I think they're. I mean, guys like Curry. Curry's a great addition to a team. Um, I just don't think they can get like you said to five hundred without playing hard every night with all their
1: players yeah there's just not enough there's not enough firepower yeah. this is a this yeah. is a team where I would have considered this number in the Eastern Conference but uh, you know they got do you it. have a, do you
0: have a number do you have an actual win total
1: uh, no actually I didn't but as I as I scan over it and kind of running because because mostly because of the Porzingis load management thing because I, for me it's hard to know if that means you know 55 or 68 there's a pretty big difference there and either one of them is on the table i It for me. It was mostly looking at this team and saying, "Are they a 500 or better ball club this year?" And I don't. I don't believe the answer is yes. And so I didn't even really get to an exact number. Uh, I I don't. I don't think they're getting to 40. Um, And this one's. Oh, really? This is a medium confidence one for me. I just. I cannot imagine how they get. You know, I. I understand that there's 14 other Western Conference teams. And that's going to chew up. I mean, that's two-thirds of their schedule, basically, or more, roughly two-thirds of the schedule, that are going to be intensely difficult games. The the worst teams in the West are are Memphis and Phoenix, and you're still going to have to try on those nights. They ain't sweeping those series either, and they could just get thumped by some of these really good teams out. It's hard, man. It's hard to get up and over 40 wins. Remember how? Remember all the the amazing things we were saying about the Sacramento Kings last year. They didn't even get to forty. After all that positive stuff, uh, like uh, the Kings were at thirty nine, the Lakers were at thirty seven last year, the Clippers were forty eight in the eight seed. It's hard, man. These are really the, the the Jazz were a really good team last year. That I'm just you look up and down the roster, and to me, the Mavericks did their best work last season when they had all of their pieces going and it was fairly early in the year, but as the season wore on, they just got worse and worse. And then they basically threw in the towel post trade deadline. So that drove their number down a little bit. And that might've been why your real win number was, was off by a hair. They were also nine and 32 on the road last season. Do you think they can win a road game this year?
0: Certainly hope so. Um, I mean, it's going to be really hard. Like you said, in the West, um, I think they're going to play pretty well together when they're all out there. So yes, I think they'll win some road games. Um, I I'm also expecting Luca to get better. I know he was you know very NBA ready coming in, and he had a phenomenal season last year. But I don't think he's he's still growing. He's still so young. I imagine this game is actually improve a lot. So I've got we'll a little bit
1: of a I've got a little fear of the sophomore slump going in. For okay, Luka. You do okay. Yeah, not not a big one. I mean, I I think the sophomore slump is an over is an exaggerated phenomenon where it's really more of a guy just sort of not taking a step as opposed to necessarily getting worse. But I do think there's something to teams keying in and having kind of a focal point guy where they learn tendencies. They scout. These are things that guys can prepare for in the off season. And it's a little bit of a baseball phenomenon that we're seeing applied to basketball. Um, I mean I think he'll get a little bit better. I don't think it's going to be enough to to push this team up by 9 wins next year. That is truly a colossal number with as with as much better uh as the teams around Dallas got. So w- this is like you and I are in a funny discussion right now cuz we actually agree. We're just dis- we're just <laughs> discussing why we agree. And it's we don't necessarily get there the same way and that's kind of interesting to me.
0: Yeah, um, but I think I think your way is probably much more efficient. (laughs) Are are they a 500 team? No. Okay, under. Um, That's that's the way I probably should have gone. I try I do try to break it out between construction changes of the roster, the roster changes, um, the coach, the motivation, and then of course the conference changes.
1: Yes, sir. See if it works out. There will be a little bit of motivation there,
0: but I mean, they don't legitimately
1: think they're a. a a contender right they're not even close to that even fully healthy right now
0: no but i think they want to try to make the playoffs
1: yeah not, I think, i'm not
0: saying they will but i think they have that mindset of, that's the organization's hmm. mindset at least so Do you know i think they're gonna try
1: yeah i think they will i don't think they're gonna get there though i think they're gonna get yeah. wiped out with a few weeks left and that's that's a hard time then to to tackle right. the wins right the last get month they
0: can be terrible yeah,
1: yeah. Um, hey, you know what was interesting? I don't know if you managed to, uh, to check out the, uh, the, the, the Vison episode yesterday with Gil, but he pointed out a, a really interesting phenomenon that I, I had not picked up on this year, which is that, in general, uh, season win total numbers, if you add them all up, if you sum all 30 teams, you actually come out to a number that's higher than the total number of games that occur in general, because people are more inclined to bet the over. This is the first year since Gil's been counting where adding them all up actually came out under the total number of games. So there's actually built-in value on the over this season, and I suddenly feel better about the fact that I have 17 of the 30 teams where I, where I lean to the over. I'm almost never that guy. You know how much I love the under. I yeah, love-
0: I, I, didn't, I didn't notice the trap. I noticed because last year was the first year I really took a a real stab at this for every team. And it was 1240 last year. Um, And the number of wins is 1230 every year. Um, And this year's 1220. So 10 fewer wins than the actual will be crazy. Right. Um, It was just because of all the uncertainty, right. About all the big name players changing.
1: It must be. I I don't know. Or maybe it's the departures of players. People have has has created more of a negative Mm. on those teams than the arrival of key players on others. Like, Oklahoma City basically dropped 20 wins with the, their two guys leaving, but the two teams that got their superstars, Clippers, uh, well, the Clippers have <laughs> they picked up Kawhi Leonard also, so you have to you have to loop Toronto into this thing. Uh, but the the Rockets certainly didn't go up by as many wins as Oklahoma City went down when Russell Westbrook was moved. Right. Uh There was a steeper drop off in one direction than a gain in the other. Anyway, for me, it was just kind of interesting because I was really I I did all these numbers and I and I found myself picking too many overs. And I thought this just no. And you kind of want to go back and and adjust some stuff. But now hearing that this is actually one of the lowest total win numbers in recent memory, It does make it feel a little bit more comfortable. Now we have to wait and see if any of this pans out. Uh, Where are we going next? What's after Dallas? Denver. Ah, Denver. No one's going to like my answer to this one. I'm under. Uh,
0: Oh, what's the number you have?
1: I'm under for them. I have them at 48 this coming year.
0: What do you have for the over, the win total?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 50 and a half. Yeah, okay.
0: 50 and a half. Let me me start off with mine. Sure,
1: yeah, you can go first. You can try to make me feel worse about it. Do you have the over or the under?
0: I have them a half game over.
1: Yeah. You so it's close to the number.
0: Yeah, I have fifty one. Well, I mean, they were fifty-four last year, fifty-three Pythagorean, Pythagorean. Um I they have very little change to their roster. Um the only thing that's gonna change is the Western Conference is harder. They may have a bit of a letdown um after finishing second last year. They tend to oh, yeah. a bit. But the consistency's there. Um, I just think this team's still pretty hungry, still pretty young. Guys getting better, so I didn't only dinged them two games.
1: down. so I I dinged them for a number of reasons. Uh, I okay. dinged them for some of the stuff that you talked about already. One of them being the motivational angle, which uh, the fact that their head coach mentioned it to me was a really big deal. That Michael Malone had a quote. And I don't remember where I saw it. It's been a couple weeks now. Of basically saying listen, we learned this last year that we can win ball games, and we are a playoff team. Our aspirations now are to do more in the postseason and we're going to have to fight back the desire to coast during the regular season. As soon as a coach says that, Ugh. you know they're not going to be able to do it. That means that everyone on that team is aware of it. And normally you'd say, wait, if they're aware of it, then can't they kind of counteract it? But no, the answer is no. There's a fatigue that sets in. You see it with... Uh, all of these teams that are sort of used to making deep playoff runs, and I, I know using Warriors and LeBron-led teams is not a great example, but once teams know that they're going to make the playoffs, there's a, there is a letdown that can't really be avoided. It can't be avoided. And the fact that they didn't get a lot of fresh blood on this team is, to me, kind of a knock on that one aspect they don't have someone that's going to fire them up the way that bringing in a star or or some some new player could and don't get me started listen jeremy grant's a great pickup but he's not about to fire up the entire team um the kind of looping in one other note on on that same aspect which you hope might counteract a little bit there is so much inconsistency in the NBA right now. Denver has an opportunity to maybe get off to a quick start because they have some consistency. So that, that would be a check mark in the over box. Uh, I know the Pythagorean number for you, Neil, was only one lower than their real line, but I actually watched a lot of Nuggets games, and they had a number of close games decided uh, in the final moment. Last shot, last couple of shots, final two minutes type of wins, and they were outstanding in those basketball games. And in the, in the short term, in a small sample size, a lot of folks can look at that and say, that's just a mark of a good team. Not really the case. That's a mark of a team that had a couple of coin flips go the right way. Coin flips are coin flips for a reason. Sometimes it comes up heads, sometimes it comes up tails. If you're locked in a tight one, you're not going to win 70 80% of them, or whatever it turns out to be. It's the same thing in baseball with one-run games. You might have a good one one year, Generally, it evens out in the long term. And I I think this is that season for Denver. So I still really like the Nuggets, but I felt like they should have been around 50 last year instead of 54, two, three, four games that might have gone the other way. And to me, they didn't get better as fast as the teams around them. They're going to have their hands significantly more full. You're going to have teams that, you know, they played really good defense last year. I think that's going to be something that maybe slips a little bit in the regular season. Uh, so I've got them a number of wins down from last year. Still a playoff team, uh, but you know, more mid pack, bottom mid pack. Uh and I like their under. So uh I'm I'm happy that you didn't have a hard over. That would have made me much more nervous.
0: Oh gosh, this was a coin flip. I mean have you guys the line moved at all of them in your direction, do you know?
1: I'm or sorry? Oh, that one I don't know.
0: Okay. Yeah, I I wonder. Uh, it's it's a good one, I think, to go under on because of what you said with um I didn't know that coach's quote, but that is a big red flag that this team is not going to be playing hard night in, night out. Um, I, but they have a great home court advantage, and I think they're going to play okay on the road. So we'll see how it plays out.
1: What do we got next? Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, We do have to do it, don't we?
0: We have to. The Pistons, it's uh, – oh, they had some changes. They had yeah. actually lots of changes. You want to uh, go through it?
1: Well, they were 41-41 and last year, which I felt was an overachievement for them.
0: It was. It was mathematically, at least.
1: Oh, good. What do we add on the math side? What should have they been at? 36. Oof. Wild overachievement. Goodness gracious. That is a massive drop-off. And that was with a largely healthy Blake Griffin, which I don't think that's happening again anytime soon.
0: Oof. That one's a coin flip as well.
1: I am an under for the Pistons almost entirely because I think Blake Griffin misses 20 to 30 games this year. It's a hard bet to make because 35 and a half is the number I have for them. And that's a pretty low number. Uh, I think it's awfully close to where they end up. I know people are saying the East got worse. I, I think that uh, there, I-, I don't know that that is a comfortable blanket statement because the, some of the best teams in the East did get worse. Uh, one of the teams in the middle got way way worse, but a couple of teams at the bottom actually got better. So I, it kind of evens out a little bit in, in in my mind. Where you know you argue Toronto losing Kawhi they got worse, uh, but Atlanta's going to be better than they were last year. Chicago's going to be better than they were last year. So they, it balances out in terms of you know how how many times you're going to be able to just pick on a team versus uh charlotte by the way is the example of that versus how many teams you go up against where you're really gonna have to fight your tail off i I think it evens out and so uh you know if blake griffin is out for for 15 20 25 games their offense is gone you know and they're just not going to win those so i like andre drummond um he's weird for the modern nba but he's a pretty neat basketball player his stat set is is crazy in the modern nba um but I have them going under barely. I have them right around 34, 35. So I'm not a massive confidence guy in this one. I think we're pretty close with the mark. But I think they're going to have kind of a clunker of a year.
0: I'm with you. I have 35 wins. Um, I have them just under. I actually am worried. Well, not worried. But I think the Wayne Ellington loss is actually important to their... um brand the floor. They have Derek Rose who's going to play much more in there <laughs> on the wing. Um, Marquise Morris will be there. Tony Snell... None of, guys, none of those guys can really shoot the three. Um, it's going to be, I think, a, a long season, like you said. And then Blake Griffin's um, uncertainty is always a big thing. So this year, I went, I went under.
1: Do you think Detroit makes a move for a point guard at any point? Because Reggie Jackson's not the answer.
0: Uh, I don't think this season. I don't think they really have much of a shot. Like you said, though, even though the the top got a little bit worse, they're not better than them still. So No. They're still going to lose those games. Um, I don't see them picking up anything from the conference going yeah, down.
1: They are really far from being as good as they'd need to be. They're, they're like the definition of a boring, low-mid-pack NBA basketball team. They yeah,
0: they're almost like you know. There are some teams that aren't very good, but you like to watch them, and there's some teams that aren't very good and you don't like to watch. Them. <laughs> they, they unfortunately fall into that. Deck. They do, right. they do. Sorry, <laughs> Detroit. And I have a soft
1: spot in my heart for anything from Detroit. I lived out there for a few years, and you know it's a city that has at times fallen on uh, kind of hard times. So it's there, you know, it's an easy, it's an easy fan base to root for. But man, I just can't suffer Detroit Pistons games. They're really. They're pretty ugly, and I—I I know I said it last year. I thought the Dwayne Casey hiring was like nothing, it was a zero impact coaching change for that team. <laughs> I didn't—I mean that basically bore itself out, right? Where they were basically the same exact team one year over the other. They just had a healthier Blake Griffin. That's it's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing at all to grab onto with this team.
0: Yeah, there's nothing. There's no really excitement about it, and sadly, I think they're going to be pretty mediocre to bad.
1: Do you think they miss the playoffs this year? Do you think they get jumped by uh, oh,
0: the question. Heat? Good question. Yeah, I have my thirty-five wins. So there's no way they can make that playoff at thirty-five. <laughs> that would be really bad, East. <laughs> well,
1: no, <I> think, <laughs> that's pretty bad. No, I, I, I can sort this
0: by. Uh, I think they're. I have a way out. I have probably like ten. Really?
1: Okay. So the Heat. Where do you have them then? No, I'm just. I'm actually just looking at last year's standings right now while we talk. I could see the Heat. Okay. I could see the Heat getting past them. Yes, I
0: have the Heat above them.
1: Uh. But I don't know that there's any – I mean, Charlotte's bad. Wizards are bad. Hawks are coming but not there. Cavs Knicks are terrible. Bulls would be the only other team you could say might have a prayer to get above 35, but that still puts them as the 9 seed. Uh, I think Pistons have to be the 9 seed just because the teams behind them are, are also bad. <laughs> Who cares? Why, we, why am I arguing this with you?
0: Yeah, I don't know what I have. I'm going to have to sort it. But, yeah, the ninth probably seems about right as I'm looking through this pretty quickly.
1: Ah, well. Okay, can we can we not talk about Detroit anymore? This one just Oh yeah, sad. of course. Yeah,
0: yeah no no. I, I'm I'm happy moving on to uh, Actually, this is a this is a fun one, right? Golden State Warriors. Yeah.
1: Wait a minute. Who went for I did Detroit first. You got to go first on this one. Show your All hands. All right.
0: So, uh, win total 47 and a half.
1: Yep. That's what I got.
0: Um last year 57 wins, Pythagorean 59. Um
1: nope, I no this, Kevin Durant, I, no no Klay no Thompson. Yeah.
0: No, Andre Godala.
1: No, Andre um, Godala. They added Dilo.
0: Added D'Angelo, Russell, um, Kevon Looney stuck around.
1: They got uh, um, Willie Colley yeah. Stein is in, Omari Spellman. Um.
0: Yeah, Stein. I'm curious to see how he does a fantasy, actually, if he has actually any value. Um,
1: I don't know. I don't know. We've heard all these, these off-season, you know, it's Muscle Watch 2019 or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> We've heard all this talk about uh, Kevon Looney being, like, the key for the – he's going to play big minutes this year. That feels like a little bit of a, a puff piece to me. I, I don't – I mean, I think Kevon Looney plays more this year because, you know, no boogie either. Um, But, but Draymond's still the guy they want to shift over to play the five for stretches, so I don't – I don't know that his role is going to be that expanded. And if that's the case, then where the hell does Willie Collie stein fit in? He's just like a bad version of Kevon Looney. I
0: agree. I don't think, um, I don't I know mean, what, what, I guess they picked him up to be a backup to Kevon. So I don't think he'll get much playing time now that I think about it when you say that. But anyway, um, he was also the fantasy bubble up in Sacramento. And um, I was wondering if this change of scenery would uh, would help him. But
1: I never liked him in Sacramento, by the way. I, I It's mostly the I'll free get, throw stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't love him, but he was always one guy you could pick up at the end for rebounds and blocks. <laughs> That's very
1: true. He was a yeah. streaming sort, which he was uh, I'll be talking about that later on on today's show. Nice little tease there. Uh, yeah, all right, well, so what do you got,
0: man? What do you got? Don't bury the I lead. Got, oh, this one's easy. Over 49.
1: Yeah, baby. We're going over. I'm with you. I'm hard yeah. with you.
0: Yeah. This is well, one of my more,
1: more confident. I'm more confident in this one. I think they actually get to 50 wins this year. Uh, cause I well, I said this, I said this on Vison yesterday as well. To me, this all comes down to Draymond Green. Does it even matter what anyone else on the team is doing? If he cares, they'll win fifty games with their eyes closed. I mean, how good was he during the playoffs? He was incredible.
0: Yeah, and this, I think they have a lot to prove. A ton, Draymond. So I think they'll play hard.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be playoff Dre. That's that's more than we can expect. But it's not going to be the Draymond we've seen for the last couple of regular seasons. I can almost guarantee that Steve Kerr is pulling him aside at some point, this offseason, training camp, whatever, to say, hey, man, listen, we're cut down to our prime here until we get Clay back. So I need you. I need you to be laser-focused. I need you to keep these guys on point. This is your team right now. And uh, But I need you to make sure that Steph doesn't think it's your team. <laughs> it needs to be... <laughs> Well, that, I mean, there's going to be a little bit of a, an emotional balancing act there, but I think you're right. Those two guys, you know, they've been together for a while. I think they know how to work with one another. Uh, I mean, Draymond's Draymond's one of, if not the best defenders in the NBA. He's 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 pretty brilliant actually on the basketball court. Uh, to me, this is this is an easy one. I don't even I don't even know why I'm monologuing at this point. They're going over.
0: Yeah, I think this one's really took no analysis to go over so <laughs> you, you know what I mean like as soon as I saw 47 and a half it was pretty
1: easy yep I'm with you uh Houston Rockets fifty-one and a half is the number I've got and I actually I, I did the numbers on this and I came out to fifty-five zero. um but I actually ended up going with the over and I, I it's because I don't trust my numbers with this team I, I don't I don't fully understand how the pieces are going to fit. I, I admit I'm 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 reticent about making any wager on the Houston Rockets, but we're doing an exercise here, so it's it it exists. And I just so my thought with Houston is, and I'll, I'll try to do this in an organized fashion as possible. They were actually at their best last year when James Harden was largely playing unabated by anybody all of his any of his teammates Chris Paul was out they went on that big run and James Harden was scoring 45 points every damn night and they just they were rolling up wins because he was on what he was doing on offense was basically unguardable Uh, and then you know from there I said okay well Westbrook actually throws a little bit of a wrench into that but at the same time James Harden cannot play 36 minutes, 37 minutes a game again this year. It's a recipe for disaster. And so the Rockets, as much as Westbrook might be a bad fit next to James Harden, for the 12 to 16 minutes that James is off the floor, the Rockets got exponentially better this season. Because Chris Paul was not healthy, so it's hard to argue that he actually was the guy to kind of bridge that gap. They will now become the the pre Paul George Thunder during those 14 minutes that Harden's not on the floor. So they're you know a 50 some odd win team, you know low to mid 50s when James Harden is leading the offense, and they're much worse than that when he was out this last year. And now suddenly those minutes during the game become like a 500 ball club. They're not going to lose their leads. They're not going to fall farther behind as often. So I just I couldn't go with my numbers, Neil. This is one of the rare instances where I came out to a number and I said. I don't think that's right. I don't think it's accurately assessing the value of the guy they picked up, and so I'm very slightly to the over. I think they get the exact same number of wins this year that they did last year, and they finish at 53 and 29.
0: Yeah, I'm at 52, so I have them again barely over. So I don't. I have zero confidence in this one as well. But um, (laughs) yeah, no, I mean only because I don't know about the fit, but I agree with you. And I'm assuming that Day Antonio will not sit both those guys at the same time, so they're going to play separately. And they're two of the hardest regular season players out there who can control an offense.
1: Yep. Great point. Great point.
0: So if they play as hard as they normally do, they're just going to, they're going to beat teams because of effort and they are talented, of course. And Westbrook, I think it'll fit in well with Capella. So I think it'll be fine if those two on the court together. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Because all of the peripheral pieces can do the same thing with either one of those guys.
0: It's like a high pick yeah.
1: and roll with either one of them. It's just exactly. a righty or a lefty, which is what,
0: which is what the Westbrook's been doing, right, over in OKC. So I think it'll it'll be fine. Yeah. I don't think it'll I think so. I, yeah, I th- I mean, I'm confident they're going to go over if they're if they're both playing hard and playing a lot. But I just the only thing that would makes me nervous is their fit, and then if egos get in the way. So
1: yeah, I think we've got one year of egoless Houston Rockets basketball. I am much more concerned for their. 2020 2021 season where things could just completely implode because it isn't going to be a very good fit and it, and they're going to kind of get exposed for that most likely in the postseason but there's almost it's hard to argue that they didn't get a tiny bit better because Chris Paul is half dead when he's out there he's good but he doesn't play for a third of the season every year and then the other stuff on the Rockets largely stayed the same there were almost no other moves for them this offseason. Almost nothing.
0: Yeah. PJ I, Tucker's I still there. I don't I don't see, I don't see anything changing.
1: Yeah. Eric Jeez, Gordon's yeah. still there. Clint Capella's still there. Austin Rivers re-signed. Daniel House P. resigned. Tucker. Yeah. yeah. And for for Westbrook, he's looking around like that this is this is my life before Paul George. I'm gonna have the floor when James Harden is sitting. Uh wait, where's Steven Adams? Oh, that's fine. I guess Clint Capella you'll have to do. <laughs> and it's <he's laughs> this it's the same thing. Uh from a fantasy standpoint, I'm actually petrified what this means for the non-James Harden, non-Russell Westbrook guys because, you know, Russ has taken all them rebounds. But uh, from from just a fit standpoint, whatever, you know? So Westbrook is not going to pop the three when Harden throws it to him. He'll pump fake and he'll blow past somebody. I think they'll be okay. I think they're going to get a lot of regular season wins and I think they're going to flame out in the postseason, That's, which is kind of, sadly kind of the M.O. for this uh, the the hardened teams outside of the one year where they almost had the Warriors two seasons back. Uh, did you and I agree on all six this
0: time? No, no, no. We're Denver, we were. Uh, we're oh, okay. Yeah, we actually saw one more team, I believe. Right.
1: Wait. Dallas, Denver, Detroit, Golden State. You're right. We have six. That was five. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, perhaps we can disagree on this one. The Indiana Pacers. I have them at forty-eight and a half.
0: Yes, yeah, and I have them at forty-eight wins
1: oh the 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 by the skin I of your teeth three
0: three half games this is crazy i know man. this is another one that i don't it's just their construct their roster changed so much
1: so much
0: that i just think they're gonna have a hard time in the beginning figuring this out although i like some of the players they got i agree well, i like one of the players i got for sure and brogdon i think he's a huge upgrade son of a bitch uh, man
1: you and i have the exact same analysis on this team just go ahead knock it out knock it out for both of us
0: Um, Well, Lamb's going to be there as well. Do you know when Oladipo – is Oladipo going to start the season? I don't
1: don't believe so. No, I think they expect him back near Christmas.
0: So, yeah, so that's what – that's going to throw a wrench in everything when he comes back as well. They're trying to basically fit in three new starters, what I'm seeing here. Yeah, Uh, completely. Yeah, so it's because of that, and then Sabonis and Turner might have to play together a lot. I'm not sure that they get a lot of wins, mainly because of fit in the beginning.
1: So this is a team for me where if they came into the year healthy, I had them going over to 50, um, but they're not close. You know. The, you mentioned Victor Oladipo, as, as, and I think that was a really good point. They're actually going to have two separate ugly adjustment periods. The one at the beginning of the year where all the new guys are like, what is this yellow on my uniform? And they're figuring out how to play with one another, and then they're going to have to do it again when the, most, the highest usage guy comes back two months into the season. That is a bad start. And that is going to be a bad mid season run near the dog days. There just isn't enough time for them. Once they're all together and comfortable to rack up enough wins to get to this mark. I, I actually adjusted this one down considerably uh, from the 50 that I thought they would get to if, if Oladipo was healthy down closer to about 45. So I have them going way under. Um, this is one of the ones I like a lot. And a lot of it is what you said, which is I like the pieces, but none of these guys know how to play with one another, right? You can't just run the offense through uh Deimo Sabonis and Miles Turner while they're waiting on Oladipo to come back. They're gonna have to figure out how to use TJ Warren and Jeremy Lamb and Malcolm Brogdon. Pacers could be a pretty good playoff team, by the way, if they're healthy. But they're not gonna have a you know, they're not gonna be the three seed. They're gonna be like the four, or five, or six, and they're gonna have to be catching fire at the right time. My fear with this number, forty eight and a half, is that they just they rattle off like eleven wins in a row in March. That's the to me, that's the only way they get there.
0: Yeah, and the other thing is uh when you talk about them first coming in and playing with each other, there's there's no real pecking order either on who's gonna be the dominant player. Um It's not like a superstar is coming in. So there are a bunch of really good role players that are coming in and that's gonna be probably harder for them to figure out yeah. how to really fit together. Yeah, so
1: they could have pretty good defense, but that's also going to take time to figure out, too, who's going to be—who's the anchor. It's Miles Turner. He's the one communicating. Does everybody else know how to be in the right place? I mean, there's a lot that goes on with playing with new guys. The pecking order on offense, passing, ball movement, where do you guys like to be? Where do you want to—like, LeBron James has talked a lot about how he likes to deliver passes right in the way that guys like best. Uh, defensive side, who has what on switches, who, who, rotations— this is an entirely new team, and they don't even have their most important player for the first two months. It, to me, okay, so, well, you know, we got to the end of this thing, and it, and Denver was the only one we disagreed on. <laughs> What's your favorite one we talked about today? What's the one you're most confident in? Warriors?
0: Yeah, Warriors probably want. yeah. I think sure. it might be Pacers you, for me. Yeah, I was going to say, you seem pretty excited about that. And also on uh, Dallas, right?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Weird things happen. I, yeah, th- there were a few in this one where I felt decent about it. Detroit and Houston were not ones that I felt all, all that great about. Uh, but I felt okay on the other four, actually. We'll see how those play out. Man, Neil, this is going to be a fun season. Every time we do these, these season win totals, I get more excited and then realize the year is, the season's still like two and a half months away. <laughs> Damn it.
0: Well, uh, it'll go back fast. I know that much. So anyway, this has been fun. I, I have like basically three toss ups. So that's, it's just, it's so hard. Some of these numbers this year, I think. Oh, without question. You you seem much more comfortable with your picks. No, we just
1: happened to go through a few teams where I felt a little bit more comfortable. It's, it's, there's an ebb and a flow to this thing for sure. We'll see. You'll see when we get to the next one next week, by the way, we'll be doing Clippers, Lakers, Grizz, Heat, Bucks, and Timberwolves. And I think, geez, just a quick glance at those. Three out of the six, to I have no confidence in. Three out of those six. And then the other ones, it's like, some. <laughs> so uh, we just uh, have we just...
0: three. I have two, no confidence, I think.
1: Yeah, so that's a nice tease for next week. Listen next week, and you'll hear us say stuff that we have no conviction in. <laughs> uh, Neil, I'm going to do a long monologue on streaming. And uh, that's not you're not a streaming guy. You're a Roto guy, right?
0: Not yet yeah I mostly wrote rotisserie and I I lost my championships because of streaming so yeah. I'll listen to you tomorrow Dan yeah that'll be that's,
1: yeah. that's fair um yeah it's it's a head-to-head thing and it sort of needs to be done and we'll transition to that uh Neil who you got on Thursday I got to torture about it every week
0: oh gosh I'm waiting to hear back from Josh um so hopefully him if not I'll find a very capable backup
1: Neil and maybe Josh coming up on yeah. Thursday this week <laughs> add ball with orange Neil at Orange Ball Neil, at <laughs> Ball Orange Neil, at Ball with Neil. There we go. Neil Rochlani, right. my good sir. Uh, I will. I'll talk to you in a week and f- have fun on Thursday.
0: Hey, thanks, Dan.
1: Oh, I do love betting. I do love talking betting. Let's talk streaming here for a minute before we wrap things up on today's episode of Fantasy NBA today. Fantasy school continues here. Fantasy two hundred one, uh, lesson two, streaming. If you're in a Roto League, you should have a games cap and you shouldn't have to worry about it. Although if you do, it would just be for the last couple of days of the year. So this, this discussion will focus exclusively on head-to-head. Where to me, streaming is mandatory. And not necessarily only come playoff time. Streaming is mandatory even during the regular season. In most circumstances, I'll give you the exception instead of the rule because it's easier to rule, it's easier to talk about the, the one or two situations where it doesn't pan out. Here's a, here's a way you don't necessarily need to stream. If you have built up a massive advantage in your head-to-head league and other teams that are fighting and on the bubble are finding guys getting hurt in January and February, there is a reasonable possibility that those teams will drop those guys. An example of which happened last year in many head-to-head leagues, mine own included, Jonas Valanciunas was dropped by a lot of teams. He missed almost, I think it was almost two and a half months with a severe, severe ankle sprain. Maybe it was more like two months. So teams that were in 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th place in head-to-head leagues were dropping him. Sending him to the waiver wire for nothing just because they could not afford to take zeros. Most of these head-to-head leagues are unlimited. There's no games cap. You rotate your guys in and out. You just have four weekly moves. So, you know, it plays almost like a games cap, so to speak. I don't know if that makes enough sense. Uh, So you see guys kind of floating out of the waiver wire that don't belong there. So in that instance, and I admit it hurt me. I was in second place at the time, so I didn't have a massive lead, But I picked up Jonas Valanciunas. I dropped someone who was healthy but not very good. And then I sat on him. And I took zeros for three, four weeks. And I fell from second to third to fourth to fifth. But I knew I could hang in there. And the way you hang in there, sometimes, is you can actually stream on top of it. You could stream a different roster slot. Or you just plot it out. You hang on to your spot, and you hope that the guy you picked up will be so good that it'll actually make up for dropping in the rankings. That's the exception. The rule, I would say, most of the time, maximize those games played. Particularly if you have a week where you're getting out-gamed by your opponent. And this is going to happen at random during the NBA season, where you got your 14, 15, 16 guys on your roster. And for some reason, a lot of them only have a three-game week. Maybe you've got a two-game week in there, and you've only got like 48 games out of your guys. 50 games, 51 games, whatever. Somehow you run up against an opponent who's just loaded up with four-game guys, and they're at 56, 57 games that week. And you know, if you do nothing, a best-case scenario is probably a tie. Maybe a 5-4 win, 4-5, 5-4 loss. That's a best-case scenario. Those are the weeks... Well, you got to look at that last guy in your roster and say, you know what, is this dude really going to be a guy that makes a significant impact on my team come playoff time? Because that's what matters. The answer is almost always no. If your roster is so deep that you can't afford to drop your worst player, then fine. You're going to thump your league anyway. But most of the time, you're in a competitive league. And everybody else is trying, too. And you can drop your last guy and stream it. Gain those extra two to three games. Turn a four-game slot into a seven-game slot. Stream two spots if it's the playoffs. This is a really hard topic to jam into part of a show, but I'm going to do my best to it. First thing you got to do is build a streaming calendar. We will have one available for premium subscribers at HoopBall this year. I built one last year that went into it. You guys saw... Uh, two years ago, I built one just for the playoffs, and I put that up on Twitter, and I know many of you liked it. Basically, your calendar is going to show opponents for every team on a day-by-day basis, and it's pretty easily then, easy then to isolate when teams have back-to-backs, when they play three games in four nights. Four games in five nights just doesn't really happen anymore. Four games in six nights does. Five and seven does sometimes. And these are ways that you can switch guys out And maximize your games played. In the playoffs, you're looking for these sort of longer-term ones where you can actually turn maybe even three slots into streaming. But some of them are kind of what we call the semi-stream, where it's like, well, you took your third-from-the-bottom guy who had three games, and you flipped him for somebody who has five games over seven days. And that's just better. Two extra games is just better, and then you make a move at the end of those seven days. During the regular season, you probably don't want to stream three roster spots. Those guys down at the bottom, some of them should be upside guys that maybe you're getting minimal production from, but with a chance for them to really become something special. So during the regular season, you want to stream one, maybe two slots on your head-to-head team. Get those extra three to five games. Do it. Because getting the first or second spot and a first-round bye in your head-to-head playoffs is the most important thing. The most important thing. You can then set yourself up for the second week of the playoffs, and you effectively then have more like six or seven moves for that one week of the playoffs. You can almost guarantee yourself a trip to the finals. Because you skip the first round, you set yourself up to completely obliterate your opponent in games played in the second round. And then, you know, you figure out the finals when you get there. Figure them out when you get there. Someone's getting paid, right? First, second place, they probably both pay money. And you can do almost all of this just by taking the regular season a little more seriously. Right from the opening bell. The opening horn, is, I guess, is the right noise with basketball. So those first few weeks when everybody else is just feeling things out, go grab a few extra games from your guys. Draft healthy players so you don't have to worry about somebody throwing up zeros at the end of your bench. Draft healthy players to your team. Stream your last roster slot. Let's be honest, the guy you drafted in the 15th, 16th round, that dude's not going to be on your team at the end of the year. And do it early and do it often. Save a move to make sure you can pick up somebody who really could be a difference maker. You don't want to use up your moves early in the week in case something really important happens. You know, you got to have that fail-safe. But, you know, starting on Wednesday, Thursday, make a move or two. Gain the games. Rack up your wins. Put it conservatively here. Let's say that every week you stream, you gain two to three games. Over the course of a 20 to 22-week head-to-head regular season, you're gaining 60 to 70 games. That's massive. That's like an extra week and a half. That's at least a win every two weeks. At least. I I think if you were going to be more accurate, it's probably more like a win every week. But at least a win every other week. So I don't know what the exact number comes out to, but if you got nine categories and you got 20 weeks, there's 180 potential categories up for grabs. If you were normally going to go 90 and 90, streaming moves you to 180. At worst, maybe more like 105 and 75. You just went from a team that barely made the playoffs to probably a one or two seed. It is colossal. I don't think people realize... How unbelievably important it is to squeeze a few extra games out of your team every week. So make your streaming calendar or get our premium subscription when it comes out in a couple months. Use ours if you like. It's easy enough. Put it in Excel. You can move things around if you want to. Look for guys that are going to help you in particular categories. It's tough at the beginning of the year. At that point, you're just going for best player available. But look for guys with some back to backs. Look for guys who've got, you know, three games and four nights, things like that where you can make a move and then let it sit for four days so you're not using up all your moves in, by Thursday. And build up a lead. You don't even have to have that great of a team. If you're streaming, you're going to win the regular season because then everybody's going to do it against you in the playoffs. The advantage you have right now, this is the always the art in every sport, staying ahead of the curve. A lot of people stream in the playoffs now. Basically anybody who knows what they're doing in head-to-head streams in the playoffs. Not everybody does it during the regular season. Everyone's too worried about having their moves or protecting their guys. But again, look at your drafts. I don't Go back the last five years if you can find it. You probably can't because Yahoo wipes all this data out. Maybe just look at every team in your league. Nah, screw every team in your league. Some teams don't make moves. This is important about what you do. Look at your drafts in every league that you're in and tell me, of your last three picks in all of your drafts, say you've got five leagues going, out of those 15 picks, how many actually ended up on your team at the end of the year without being dropped and picked back up again? That's an important caveat. What do you think? Two out of the 15? Yeah, odds are you can drop that guy and stream him. We'll bring this thing into Twitter. We'll talk more about streaming uh, throughout the day here Tuesday. Uh, I have pretty strong thoughts about it, as you guys just heard. And I'm sure many of you still have questions about how to effectively pull it off. So hit me up. Uh, I'll try to get the thread going if my memory is good enough. If not, just do it for me. I have no problem with that. For Neil Rochelani, I'm Dan Baspers. This is a Tuesday edition of Fantasy NBA Today. We'll talk to Brandon Marcus tomorrow. We'll wrap up uh, Fantasy School this year. Two weeks of Fantasy Lessons before we transition back into some team-by-team breakdowns next week, uh, again, Brandon uh, with us on Wednesday, also the host of the just-released Ball Clippers pod. Make sure to follow at Hoopball Clips to check out the debut episode with Clippers voice, Brian Seaman, unbelievable first guest. Brandon doing a wonderful job uh, on the interview. That's a ton of fun. Neil and Josh on Thursday, Adrian and Coach here on Friday at Fantasy NBA Today. And a last thought before we go, it's recruiting season. That's spelled S-Z-N if I'm understanding the, the lingo properly. Recruiting season is upon us. Those of you that are tuning in for the first time, uh, maybe missed our, our clarion call a couple months ago. If you'd like to learn how to blurb, it's a training job here at HoopBall. Hit me up on Twitter at Dan Vespers If you want to get involved with our podcast division, hit me up at Dan Bespris, if you want to get involved with our programming division, hit me up at Dan Bespris. We are looking for the best of the best, the folks that want to do this as more than a hobby, grow it into something special. Uh, But if you want to do it as a hobby too, we just ask that you are committed to an insane asylum like the rest of us. Uh, A bunch of degenerates over here. Again, at Dan Bespris, we're looking for you. We'd love to teach you how to blurb. All you got to know is how to write. It doesn't have to be for sports. We will mold the clay that you are. Have a wonderful Tuesday, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This
0: has been a HoopBall presentation.